Welcome to Women Express. I am your host, Denise Harrington. We've had a wonderful summer where we've had a chance to listen to the podcast that we've been doing before today. And we've had a chance to take vacations and visit relatives and just cool out and chill. I'm happy to be back and joining you again. And I have an action-packed moment for you. I have with me today, Susan Burrell. She is something else. You hear her woo-hooing about herself. (laughs) This is the kind of conversation we're going to be having today. I spent a good hour or so just in conversation before we did this interview a couple of days ago, and we became fast and furious friends. We realized how much what we bring to the table is critical for you, and I just feel like today is the day that you are going to feel empowered. Susan is a long-standing speaker and facilitator of women's leadership and empowerment. She just launched, so go to Amazon, ladies, a book called Live an Empowered Life. And we're going to talk about some of the principles and how she got to that title and some of the most important things that you need to know about being empowered. These are the days that you have to stand in your power, and we're going to lend her voice to your voice today to help you find ways to tell your empowered story. So welcome, Susan. Woohoo is right. Woohoo, Denise. As you're talking, I got chills. I just have chills, chills, chills. And when I get chills, I don't know about anybody else, but that affirms to me that I'm hearing truth being spoken. And, and I so agree with you and in, in alignment with you that this is the time for women to express their empowerment, whatever it looks like and wherever they are, whatever phase or walk of life. Yeah. Yes. Yes. One of the things that I just really loved, I was talking about what are the principles for living an empowered life? And you all can't see her, but behind Susan, she has this beautiful collateral that I'm sure she's going to be using with the launch of her book. And there's three key words on that collateral that I want her to talk about. And the three words are, because I got the chills on this and I felt, oh my goodness, I got to get this together. The first one is freedom and two is brilliance and opulence. How did you come up with those words? Why are those so important to living an empowered life? Oh, wow. Well, my book, Live an Empowered Life, is a 30-day journey, and I call it a journey book because it is a journey I actually did myself, and it's an inner journey. And so I knew I was going through a very contentious divorce after 28 years, and I knew I wanted to come out whole, not embittered. I wanted to come out loving myself because in divorce, I realized I didn't love myself. I didn't even know who I was. And so freedom, finding my freedom, I I needed to find the freedom to be fully me because I'd been unconsciously or unaware of how I'd been suppressed or shushed a lot of my life out of love, but it was also out of fear that who I was was going to be seen and maybe not reflect well on the people that loved me. Yes, I understand that. Yeah. Yeah. Because, and I think this is true for many people. I didn't know this. I own it now. I am an intuitive and an empath. And I, I was that from a small child. And so I knew I, I can walk into a room and I can tell you what's going on with 
80 to 90% of the people just by standing next to them, you know, and I have to be very careful about that because people don't want to know that you can know these things, right? (laughs) They don't. It's a little frightening sometimes. And so the finding freedom as I was going through my divorce was so that I could have my voice, you know, women expressing their voice, Denise, this is what you're doing. Finding our voices is so important. And I did not realize that mine had been cut off. Yeah. yeah, I love shushed. that. You said shushed, you know, shushed. it's always shh, don't talk, don't say that, don't be that, don't. And I think all of us get dummied down in some ways. A lot of women get dummied down. We don't know how to use our voice. Yeah. We don't know how to be unshushed. <laughs> right. Well, unless we start kicking and screaming and yelling and ranting, right? And then people go, you know, in the Victorian era, those women were basically drugged because if they expressed themselves, they were crazy, right? Or they were locked up. Or we're emotional. I love that whole piece. I work with a lot of women in corporate America who feel that they can't be emotional. And it's amazing to me. That's part of the shush. It's amazing to me that standing next to that woman who's saying, I can't be emotional and I can't talk and express the way I feel. And then standing next to her is a man that's being encouraged to be passionate and to speak his truth. And it's like, wait a minute. (laughs) Right. They need to be, we talked about this the other day, Denise, it's like the men were trained one way and the women were trained the other. And when, when women went into the corporate America, at least just to talk about that piece as part of the eon strife for women to become equals in any society they're in. But during the women's liberation movement, when women moved into corporate America, they had to dress like a man, act like a man, sound like a man. So of course they weren't allowed to be emotional. And now because of what's going on right now with every woman standing up and then men standing up beside her, this was happening in Afghanistan, you know, several years ago, but it's happening here then women realize I can have a voice and men realize they can have a heart. Yes, it's beautiful because I find in a lot of corporations now, the men in the corporations are being lauded as allies. And not every man is going to step up and put on those shoes for a woman, but there are many who just get it that, you know what, our biggest customer is a woman, our biggest contributor in the workplace are the women in the workplace. And we really need to value and and utilize their voices as a way of moving the brand forward. And that is a corporate thing. It's big right now. Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad to hear you say that because, you know, when you listen to the world of news, the news is so discouraging and daunting and divisive. It's nice to hear that there's some collaboration and unity happening. Yeah. Very good. Yeah, there really is. And there really is. And it's important for us to remember that the freedom that we experience when we start to step up and speak out is freedom for everybody. I believe one small voice of a woman, when put together collectively with other women, we can move mountains. Oh, yeah. And we've seen it with the Me Too experience over the last few years. Thank God for those women that I had a friend who is not very political, but the first Me Too experience in DC, she felt called to be there and made heaven and earth move so she could be there from California, you know, and and she said it was the most amazing experience to be with that collective unified consciousness of women 
standing up and speaking their voice. Yes, you know? it's important for us to remind ourselves about that and how that happened. I said, there were so many of us who I'm sure are listening that really made their way there. I was there. And Good. I think that it was just a turning event and gave me more momentum to get this work out there because I think our voices are critical. Tell me yeah. about brilliance. Okay, so finding your freedom, owning your brilliance. So that for me, owning the brilliance was as I was coming through divorce and kind of picking up all the scattered, shattered, colorful and ugly pieces of myself to go, okay, you know, and looking at each one going, okay, is this me? Is this what I want to be? Is this really the truth of who I am? I had to look at my brilliance, right? And when you're shushed and suppressed and disallowed and disenfranchised, you don't think you've got brilliance. You don't think you have these beautiful gifts that not only feed and inspire people close to you, but could be inspirational to others out in the world. And so I really had, as part of the journey to learning to love myself and become empowered, I had to look at my gifts and own them, you know, and say, this is one of my brilliant gifts, that this intuitional healing thing that I, I now own has benefit not only to myself and my loved ones, but to my clients. And, you know, it's kind of like coming out of the box, right? Okay, I'm not going to keep myself small. I'm going to come out and be brilliant. And so it's not, it's just owning whatever talents you have, honestly, with yourself. It's not about bragging egotistically, mm -hmm. you know, oh, look what I can do. And I know there's lots of people that, market themselves that way. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, look at how brilliant I am and you need me. <laughs> I've been walking in that world the last couple of years and it's, uh, yeah. So owning your brilliance to me also means that then you are so connected with yourself that that inner light that I believe everybody has, everyone on the planet, doesn't matter where you live or what you practice, I think we all have that divine spark within us. And when we own our brilliance, that spark of light shines out. That's also why brilliance to me is important because it shines out and it becomes the thing that you can gift someone yes. just yes. by smiling, yeah. right? I love you that idea that it's a gift. It's a gift. And I want to encourage those of you who are listening, this dark night of the soul or searching for self or finding your true brilliance doesn't have to be motivated by a divorce. It can be motivated just because perhaps you're in an environment that's more male dominated, which where is that most places, but right. it's more <laughs> male dominated and you're confused about how you can contribute or you understand that you bring something to the table, but you don't know how to, to voice that. You don't know how to own that for yourself. And quite frankly, you don't see it as a part of the model. Well, you know, it's interesting because I have a few clients that are going through divorce and we work that. And I have a client who is a new author. And so it's interesting. I get to see myself reflected in all of these beautiful women that come to see me. But I also have um, a celebrity client who seems to have it all going on, strong empowerment, blah, blah. And she came to me and basically told me what was going on. And at the end said, and basically I have no self-esteem. And I was like, oh my God, because you're so brilliant, right? <laughs> she shines. That's why, you know, people that become celebrities is because there is that inner light that they shine 
that you can call it charisma or star attraction, but it's what draws people to want to be with them or watch them, you know, and, and talk to them and to have somebody who's so gifted and so amazing as a human being sit opposite me and say, I have no self-esteem. And I was like, yeah, I've been there. I've been there. Been you know, there done so, that. And you know, also yeah. the thing about, you know, you may have this kind of person and I'm sure you've experienced it. I have, I mean, 10 years ago, I was at the very, very top of my game. I, I'm a different game now. And this is post-divorce for me too, but I am in a different game. But at that time I was at the top of my game. And there, when you go through a place where you're, you fall or what you think is fail or fall or divorce, whatever you call it, what happens is, is you become a little less confident about who you are. As my son said the other day, I think I'm losing a little bit of my swag. You, know, oh, you, you lose that, yeah. that brilliance. And the only way to turn that brilliance back on, in my opinion, is to do some self-study, take a look at the gifts, also take a look at finding your gifts, but look at the environment that you're placing these gifts. Because That's sometimes a good point. the environment doesn't envelop the gift. Yep. Well, I like the word doesn't envelop. It doesn't support. Mm-hmm. And I have another client who is in a job that she has been in for a while and she wants to make it to retirement, but she's not being valued, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> and we're working on her self-value, right? Loving and respecting herself. And yet she is like, okay, I'm making a plan. I'll retire in a few years and then I'll have this and that. But meanwhile, she's not being honored, right? So the reason why finding your freedom and owning your brilliance to me is so important is because then when we become awake and aware of that, then we, we can't possibly remain in a situation that is so brutal, you know, or uncomfortable or disvaluing. Well, maybe it's just me, Denise. It's like when it gets that... It's that boiling frog thing. You know the story about the boiling frog. A frog gets put in a pot and the water starts to boil. Well, the frog will not jump out because it doesn't realize the water is boiling. It just stays there, right? And do I want to be the frog in the boiling pot or do I want to get out and live a life, you know? And that's who I am. But some people just sit in that old boiling cauldron looking outside going, I don't understand why I'm so uncomfortable. And I'm like, oh my God, get out. Yeah, get out. <laughs> I love it. Get out. It's true. Yeah. Very true. Yeah. I think that that's why I said the environment doesn't always envelop the gift yeah. that you bring to the table. So first is figure out what your gift is and what how it brings brilliance and light to the environment. And if it's not shining in the way that you want, it sounds to me that you're telling people, and maybe let's look for another place where we can put the gift. Mm-hmm. Or there's another choice. I love choices. The other yeah. choice is you can speak up about the gift. I'm breathing, Denise. I'm breathing. <laughs> Because, you know, I've been in those places where I have spoken up in my 20s, (laughs) which seems to be something that people in their 20s do a lot. I was contemplating that this morning. And speaking up without a tempered awareness of how the words are going to land sometimes Mm -hmm. is not necessarily the best thing. But speaking up and practicing speaking up. Practice. On a daily basis, right? Yes. 
if you go to a store and you're mistreated, just say something. And you can say it with kindness, right? Not with anger. It's the thing when we stand up, a lot of people think they have to be angry about it. And, and that, unfortunately, is when most people stand up to say something, right? When they're pissed off, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Instead of going, taking a breath and saying, okay, how can I speak up and know that my words will be heard? Yes. And oftentimes it's shifting from anger and attack, which is a masculine modality, everybody, <laughs> to loving why kindness. I like her. You see why mm-hmm. I like Susan? <laughs> <laughs> because loving kindness, going back to your word envelops, loving kindness is more of a divine feminine energy that is including everybody and wanting to embrace a greater yet to be, right? Wanting to embrace a collaborative outcome or innovation innovation so that i love we don't that bring innovation to the table with our skills we right. bring innovation this doesn't say however mm-hmm. that we can't be direct and firm about the things that we believe we are being mistreated on or misheard on so don't get it twisted out there ladies that you can't be angry you can you can be angry absolutely you can be very direct and how you do that. And I love the thought around practice something every day at the store, if you, whatever, if you got mistreated, practice saying it in a direct and firm way. Or if you're excited about something and everybody else at the table isn't. I mean, I belong to a group of women. So trying to get my voice heard in a group of women. When we're not on, we talk a lot. <laughs> it's just when we're on that we get a little bit shy. Mm-hmm. When we're together, it's always very chatty. So the funny thing is, is it takes a lot, and I'm a communicator by profession, for me to sometimes get my voice in. And there were some days where I just was just really angry about the misrepresentation of African-American women. And I had to stand up. And I just said, I don't believe what we're saying here is true. And I want you to understand from my perspective as an African-American woman, how we see it and what our focus is and how we are presenting ourselves. Mm -hmm. It's so important in this day of division that we not only learn to talk about the things that make us brilliant, but we also allow in that space as women, I said collective voices, the way you get to a collective voice is sometimes you have to listen to other women and get the gift that they bring to the table. Yes. I so appreciate you saying that because when we are in conversation with others, okay, this is my experience, Denise, is I try and listen with an open heart and open eyes, inner eyes and open ears, inner ears so that I can hear the truth that's being shared. And what often happens is my perspective opens up, you know? And the only way we can affect change or inspire change is by allowing our perspective to continue to open, even if it's just by one or two degrees, so we can see what's really happening in the conversation. We can see what's really happening with the individual across the table from us or the group or, you know, to really see it. Not from our perspective, right? We all walk around with the head game going on of this is how I see things and I'm right. (laughs) And therefore, you know, and with an election coming up, there's a lot of I'm right going on and they're wrong. A lot of pointing fingers and divisiveness, like you said. 
But if we listen, if we take our wanting to be right and just move it off to the side and listen deeply, we can hear where there are solutions, where there is places where unification can occur. And then also we can hear when the door opens to the individual or the group to take action, mm-hmm. you know, to move out into the world and say, okay, this is what we're going to do. Yeah. With brilliance. and With brilliance. Yes. yes. That way, if you're listening, you understand listening to yourself and you understand your own brilliance, learning to listen and understand the brilliance of everyone that comes to the table with you. And specifically with women, because I feel we have to leverage one another's voices and to share each other's gifts. It's important because most of our gifts are misrepresented. That's the whole problem, I believe, or the challenge that women have being in the world today is that from an old perspective, from an old paradigm, old, very old, thousands of years, thousands of years, the perspective of who we are has been misrepresented. Mm -hmm. That's why it's called history. Yeah, it's called history. So this is the thing that we're trying to say, my friends who are listening, let's tap into your brilliance, take some time to figure out what it is that makes you brilliant. Even if it's been dummied down, figure that out and bring it to the table. Now tell me about opulence. I got a little excited about that piece because (laughs) there's an evolution there. You started out with fluence and then you tell me about that. (laughs) Okay. So, you know, years ago when I started my inner journey, I've been doing it since, oh my God, probably over 30 years, but I was a wannabe actress and waiting tables and not making ends meet and sweating at the supermarket when I write a check, knowing there was no money for the food, but could I just get out to my car with the bag? Right. And so I started kind of practicing the concept of abundance, you know, people that do prosperity teaching and things like that. They talk about, well, you want abundance. You want abundance. And what what happened is I had more abundance of bills. I had more abundance of the things I didn't want, right? Because I hadn't mastered how to focus the intention to manifest the good. So I worked with affluence for a while and that just wasn't paying my mortgage, you know? And I was (laughs) like, huh, okay, I'm going to step it up. It was a little scary. And I'm going to focus on affluence because I don't want to make ends meet with abundance. I want to have more than enough so I don't have to stress about paying my bills or even doing something fun. You know, I want to be a good steward of my money, but I wanted to have affluence so I wouldn't have to worry about it all the time, which was part of my life for a while, worrying about it all the time. Do I declare bankruptcy or not? You know, do I, all those things. And then when I went into divorce, I realized I had to step it up again for my financial well-being. So I started focusing on opulence. And opulence, one of the definitions, besides this just sounds really blingy and fun. It does. (laughs) You said opulence earlier. I said, okay, no more prosperity stuff for me. No, opulence on. (laughs) Opulence. One of the definitions that I just loved was the riches of resources, you know. So that said to me, having more than enough, and it's rich, and it just keeps replenishing itself, opulence, Mm -hmm. right? So that you don't even have to worry about it. And so I started focusing on that while I was going through divorce, because I knew I had a second half of life, and I did not want to go back to waiting tables and worrying about how I was going to pay bills. I wanted to continue to move forward on my 
empowered path, my empowered journey to be fully me, to be more of who I've ever been in this lifetime. Because let's face it, if we're here, it really is for us to be fully us and not just submit to the job, the man, the, you know, the belief systems that keep us stuck, whatever it is. So opulence became my watchword going through divorce. And I do feel like I have opulence. I have an amazing man that's sharing my life now. And I feel opulent when I'm with him. You know, it's just so rich and loving. He's the kindest man I've ever met in my life. And just for me. Yes. And anybody can have that. Anybody can have that. I'm telling everyone out there because a lot of people go, oh, I can't. No, yes, you can. Yeah. I had a conversation with a woman the other day and a really good friend. So it's no harm, no foul. But I was saying, you know, what I was describing this, this person that I wanted to be in relationship with and just, you know, being able to be swooped off my feet and we fly off to Paris. And, you know, I was saying all these things. And she said to me, you sound like you're just materialistic. And I said, Oh, no, I'm not. I'm not trying to be materialistic. I'm just saying that that's what I would provide to someone. I mean, I'm, I said, I do it now. I take my, we, I swoop my family off and we go to Paris and Barcelona. I mean, ask for what you want, not for what you know you can get. Exactly. You can get so much more. That's why I love this word opulence, a richness of resources that they're ever flowing towards you. I love that. And what you just said, Denise, you share your gifts, you share your opulence Mm -hmm. with people you love. And that is part of the law of circulation. You know, what goes around comes around. And opulence is very much that. I use the word replenishing, you know, it replenishes itself when we are in that higher vibration of opulence. It, you don't, I mean, you can, I, okay, you can stress a little bit. Can I tell a story? All the time. <laughs> okay. So I'm working opulence. I'm out of divorce. I am in this beautiful relationship. I have financial wellness and uh, I'm driving down the street one day and, and my car was 10 years old. It had close to 250 miles on it. And I'm like, ah, maybe it's time to get a new car. What do I want? Oh, I think I want a hybrid. I'm talking to myself in my car. My windows are down and I look over and there's this woman my age her windows are down and she's driving this beautiful Porsche. And I'm like, huh? And I see it's a hybrid. I'm like, oh no, 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 God, that, no. And I hear this voice say, ask her. I'm like, oh, I'm not talking to this stranger in the middle of the street. And the voice kept saying, ask her. And I'm like, oh no, 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 another time, another time. This is how you can ignore your intuition, everybody. Don't do it. Don't recommend it. So I'm driving up the street. She's driving up the street. And pretty soon she turns into the same parking lot I'm going to. I'm like, all right, all right, I'll ask her. (laughs) So I get out and I'm like, tell me about your car. And she's like, oh, I love it. And I hear all the positives about it, right? And so this gets lodged in the back of my mind. I'm like, huh, Porsche, really? I don't know. Hybrid Prius. Oh, you know, and I'm having that discussion. And one day my spouse and I were driving up from LA and we're passing a Porsche dealership. And I said, you know, could we just go over and just (laughs) look at that Porsche? And he was squirming like a fish on a hook. Why? We don't have that man. You don't have that man. Why do we want to go? I said, we don't have to buy anything. I just want to look at it. So we get on the lot. (laughs) There is a Porsche Panamera hybrid 
discounted. I'm like, oh, look at that, God. Look at that. That's just really... I mean, it was like all the arrows saying, this <laughs> is your car. I mean, I knew where this was going, but go ahead. <laughs> oh, and my spouse is like, just, he sees the sticker price. He's like, oh, and I realized we went for a test drive. I'm driving on the freeway and I start giggling because Denise, it was so much fun. And I'm like, oh my God, am I going to do this? And I realized because of my practice of opulence and respecting the way the universe works and the outflow for the inflow. And so that's how everything replenishes, whether it's money or love or whatever. I realized as I'm driving down the freeway, test driving this car, that I had the full amount to pay for that car in my bank account at that moment. Wow. Fantastic. And that was a shocker for me. I had never, ever bought a car for myself by myself, ever. Great. And here I am now in my mid-50s, and I I bought the car. Yay. She bought the car. (laughs) I bought the car. There's some people out there listening to us right now, biting their fingers. I know. You know, I know. Take it as it comes, ladies. But we're exactly. all we're saying is expand your awareness around what opulence means. I mean, it's not just about money. And that's why I said, you know, I'm not a gold digger. I'm not, you know, it's not a materialistic thing. It's all about how do you share the resources? How do you enjoy the resources in your life? How do you expand around what you're worth? How do you expand into a a higher way of seeing yourself and a more stable, renewable, sustainable way of bringing money into your life? And here's the thing about that, because I agree with you, Denise, it's not about material things. I have someone who's working with me right now, and she calls herself a minimalist. And she's fabulous. I adore this person. But there are people that look at those outer expressions, whether it's a Porsche or some blingy thing you bought yourself or a trip to Paris, and they assume that that represents money. And yes, it takes money to do those things, but money is energy. It's not a thing thing. And when we can get into that headspace of this is just circulating energy, for me, it's about honoring that divine spark within me, respecting it, and knowing that that, when you talk about expanding, that's what's expanding, that divinity that we are, that actually is the thing that heals everything and brings to us everything we want and more, as long as we focus on being clear about what we want. And so when that Porsche came into my awareness and I thought, okay, I think that's what I want, then it showed up, right? And it showed up. It's, you know, if you think we're getting a little bit out there on the ooga booga magical <laughs> your awareness universe side of the fence, we are because, you know, you have to learn to trust those inner voices when they come up. And you know what? One thing I, and this may sound really Uh, You know, I don't mean to sound like, you know, egotistical about who we are as women, but women's intuition is a big thing. Yes, it is. We have that creative gene within ourselves. And, you know, I'm looking at the collateral again behind you, and, and it says that the work that you do is to help capable women trust themselves. Yes. And I know the women who are listening to this podcast are capable women, and we have to trust ourselves within ourselves. We're our own force. We can take those steps forward and create these bigger pictures for ourselves. 
I think yes. just, you know, starting back to, you know, full circle to the whole thing about freedom. Only we free ourselves. Exactly. Oh my God, Denise, you're brilliant. Because <laughs> in my book, Live an Empowered Life, a 30-day journey, I broke down the word empower. So the first E is for esteem, right? And we go down the ladder. But when I got to the second E and I was working my inner work of finding more freedom, even though I finished my divorce and I'm in a happy relationship and my life is opulent, there was still belief systems within me belief that were systems down, yes, right? Yes. And so I was doing this inner work. And at one point I felt shackled. I felt like there were shackles on my ankles, around my neck. I couldn't move forward. I couldn't get rid of the belief system. And so when I did deeper inner work, I realized that that second E is about emancipation. Mm. And that's it. When I brought that word out with a couple of people I was working with, they're like, oh my God, that's, that's a touchy word. I'm like, I get it. But emancipation to me is about creating your own inner freedom from those belief systems and past traumas and family of origin garbage <laughs> that keeps you from being that brilliant, capable, empowered, with a strong voice woman. Yeah. And we all have that. It doesn't matter what race or color, right? We all keep ourselves small if that's what we've been taught. That's what we've been taught. And unfortunately, that's one of the main things that women received of all colors that you know, mm -hmm. if you look at it, it was always you walk behind, stay down, shush, don't talk loud, don't trust your women's intuition, you know, mm -hmm. whereas men are told, go with your gut, stand up front, you know, be in charge. Right. And right. it's time for us, the beauty of some of those gifts that men bring to the table in terms of what they've been taught. We can do those things too. We just don't need to take on the hardness of those things. We can still be women, you know, and be firm and be direct and have strategic understanding and goals and lead people into a much more significant way of being. Yes, I totally agree with you. I totally agree. And now's the time to do it. Now's the time to do it. Now is yeah. the time. Well, you are always, I'm sitting here saying, okay, how can she and I work together? How can we do more things together? <laughs> because I have so much fun when I'm talking to you. So I'm I do really too. And I say, yes, whatever you come up with, Denise, just let me know. Okay. <laughs> so funny. It's so funny how we get together and you and I have so much in common, but it's true. And I'm hoping, I'm not hoping, I'm going to suggest and affirm that those of you who are listening to us today feel the same way too. That mm. here's a partner, here's, here are two women who are partners to your success, to your unveiling, to your freedom, to your brilliance, and to your opulence in life. And I really want to thank you, Susan, for bringing this all to the table for everyone who listens to Women Express. Oh, Denise, it's been my honor, absolute honor. Thank you so much. You're more than welcome. So here's what you can do for us. Tell us about your book. Where can we get it? Anything else you want us to know about? And this is your time to advertise. So oh, woohoo! My horn. Yes, you. Do. Something I had to learn how to do. <laughs> we all do. You know, developing your voice. So, live an empowered life. A thirty-day journey. I wrote it out of 
all the work I had done to get out of divorce and be whole. And so it's an interactive book, meaning there's different days where you're asked to go to my website to either watch a video, listen to a guided meditation. There are also experientials built into the book and there's affirmations to work. By that, I mean, you read it, you contemplate it, you take that affirmation with you during the day and you journal about it. So there's tons of journaling opportunity inside the book. I love this about Susan because she said, I'm not going to just write a book for people to read. I'm going to write a book where you really get to incorporate everything that you've learned. That's right. How powerful is that? I am all about doing the work. And since I did the work and I still do the work, I think other people need to do the work. And okay. That's the like, taskmaster oh. in her. I'm right. sure. <laughs> that's why it's 30 days. So at the beginning, I enlist everybody to make that inner commitment. It's good stuff. It's really good stuff. So your website is www. Susan Burrell, B-U-R-R-E-L-L.com. And you can click into the website and order the book through Amazon. Yes. And we're getting ready to do a big launch for the Amazon piece of it. But you can go through now and order it if you want. Well, this is good. I'm excited about the book myself. I'm just excited that you and our friends, I'm happy yeah. that we've made friends all across the airwaves around the world through this podcast too. So I'm encouraging everyone, go to www.susanburrell.com and pick up the book today. As for Women Express, we are doing some stuff. A lot of stuff since probably the last time you've heard from me. We're working on doing... Zoom little summits, and we're going to be doing speakers, bringing speakers on just like this, but it will be, you'll be able to see us, you'll be able to participate. Those are coming in down the future. It probably will kick off at the end of the year where we'll do our first women's summit. So we're excited about that. We also are working on our own book. Denise is working on her book. Hi, Denise. You got the power. That's the name of the book. And we're working on that. So we have. Wait, Denise, say it again. What's the name of the book? You've got the power. Woo! Yeah. So come on. Why are we playing with this? And then (laughs) the other thing is I want you to subscribe to this podcast share it with your friends. All you have to do is go into whatever platform you're listening to this podcast on and subscribe and then share it. We've got to get this work done. We've got to enable this collective voice. It's our time. You've got the power. Let's just take it. And the main thing is, so subscribe, follow, and then if you need to, go to www.womenexpresspodcast.com dot com if you want to get more of the above and anything else that you'd like to have from us to you. Well, that's it. That's all. I'm so thrilled and excited. I can't wait to talk to you again, Susan, and we already decided we would. And I'm just going to say at this point, come on, women, let's express. We had a great time today. What I'd like to ask you to do is to rate us, give us good ones, review, and subscribe. And if you love the time you spent with us and loved our speakers, our interviewees, then share this with your friends. Let's collectively women express. Thank you for being with me. Bye for now. Bye.